If you could take your Bibles for our scripture reading this morning and turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 15. John chapter 15, begin in verse 1 and read down through verse 11. John chapter 15, beginning in verse 1. Jesus speaking says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it should be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this wonderful passage of Scripture spoken from your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I just pray that we would be abiding in you, that we'd understand what that means this morning for us to be truly planted in the vine so we can receive the the nourishment, the strength, the growth, the closeness that, that we need every single day. Lord, I just pray that we would just, again, grasp that concept this morning and apply it to our hearts and our lives. And Lord, you you say that you tell us all this so that we can have joy, that our joy can be full. And Lord, I just pray that as we abide, that you would would give us that joy and show us that joy. And we we, we don't have to look far for it because when we're truly abiding in you, there, there absolutely is joy. And we thank you for that. Just pray that you'd speak to our hearts this morning about this. Please fill preacher with your Holy Spirit. Use him in a mighty way. Strengthen him. Help our hearts to be open to exactly what you would have for us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. We have been studying the last several weeks on knowing God. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24, Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. We've been talking about knowing God. We talked about knowing God's sovereignty. And then we talked about knowing God's holiness and knowing God's presence knowing God's faithfulness. Last week we talked about knowing God's mercy. This morning we want to talk about knowing God's joy. Knowing God's joy. 
We all know what it's like to have a good day and have joy. We also know like what it's like when it's going to be a bad day, don't we? You know it's going to be a bad day when you turn the morning news on and they're displaying emergency routes out of the city. You know it's going to be a bad day when you wake up in the morning and the sun's rising in the west. That's really going to be a bad day. You know it's going to be a bad day when you go into work and your boss tells you don't bother taking off your coat. You know it's going to be a bad day when your horn gets stuck behind a group of Hell's Angels motorcycles. <laughs> you know it's going to be a bad day when you jump out of bed and miss the floor. <laughs> or when you wake up in the morning and your dentures are locked together. <laughs> you know it's going to be a bad day when you call the answering service and they tell you it's none of your business. <laughs> or when you get on the scale and it says one at a time, please. <laughs> you really know it's going to be a bad day when you call the suicide prevention and they put you on hold. <laughs> We've all had bad days, haven't we? And yet, though we have times that we get discouraged, I want us to think a little bit this morning about joy and God's joy. I'm not so naive as to think that we're always on top of the world and that we never have any problems, that we're always walking on top of the mountain. There are occasions when we have to go down in the valleys and experience difficult times. But neither am I so spiritually ignorant that I'm not aware of the fact that when we are in the valleys, God is there to provide for us and take care of us. In this life, we will have tribulation, the Bible says. In this life, we will have trouble. In our life, we'll have difficulties. We'll have trials. There'll be sickness that will come. There'll be hard times. There'll be storms that will arise. The winds will blow. The waves will crash against your life. There'll be discouragement. There'll be times when things happen that you didn't plan. There'll be sorrow. There'll be weeping. There'll be financial difficulties. There'll be dark days. There'll be uncertain times. But the thing that God has provided for us in the hard times of our life is the joy of the Lord. In Psalm chapter 30 and verse 5, the Bible says, For his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Again, Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 3 says, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. What is joy? Mr. Webster says it is the emotion evoked by well-being success or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. Joy is a strong feeling of happiness, a manifestation of happiness through an outward rejoicing and excitement. To people who do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, those definitions might be true. But for those of us who are Christians and we know Christ as our Lord and Savior, 
there's something different that applies to us that relates to our joy. And that is that the outward joy comes from an inward relationship that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. Nehemiah chapter 8 says this, Then said he unto them, Go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. When we go through the dark times and the difficult times and the struggles of our life as a Christian, we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. In 1 Peter 1.5, the Bible says, Who are kept by the power of God. Aren't you glad that it is God who keeps us? We're kept by the power of God through faith and salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Again, 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Somehow as a Christian, God has a way of giving us joy in the difficult times of life, doesn't he? He helps us. There may be tears and there may be sorrow, but he gives us joy. Paul said when a believer dies, <clears throat> he said, we sorrow not as others which have no hope. We do sorrow, but he gives us hope and he gives us joy in those difficult times. Did you know that God is happy? And God is joyful. Nehemiah 10, 8, 10 again says, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. We usually think of joy being something the Lord gives us. But he couldn't give us something that he didn't have, right? So if he gives us joy, then he must have joy. 1 Timothy 1, 11 says, According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust, Paul calls God the blessed God. The word blessed or blessed means happy. Our God is a happy God. Have you ever stopped to think about that, that your God is happy? He's a happy God. God is happy because he is the great I am. He is self-sufficient. He is satisfied. He is happy in himself and happy with himself. God is happy because he is sinless. He's happy because he is the one who is happiness. Was Jesus happy? Was he joyful as the Son of God? Of course he was. John 15, 11 says, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. God said, I want my joy to be in you. He is a happy God. He is a joyful God. He has joy. And so I want to ask you this question this morning. Do you have enough joy to convict you of being a Christian. If you're deciding evidence of your Christianity is joy, do people know you're a Christian? 
Do they see joy in your life? Do you know God's joy is a personal thing? And God gives us intimate joy with Him. Even though we may be sometimes in a constant state of stress, anxiety, frustration, in our world today and in our country, there's all kinds of anxiety that is around us and, and uncertainty and frustration with our government, with our nation, uh, sometimes with our children, sometimes with our spouses. But you know what? In the midst of that, God can give us joy, can't he? So as we think about joy, there's several things I want you to notice. First of all, I want to ask you a question. Do I know and do you know the joy of salvation? Do we know the joy of salvation? Habakkuk 3.18 says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Every one of us can rejoice in our salvation if we're saved, if we're born again, a child of God. When everything else is going wrong and bad, we can still rejoice in that we are saved and a child of God and the best is yet to come. We're going to go to heaven. And when, as tough as it may get here, this is the worst it ever gets for the child of God. The best is still ahead for us. And we can have joy and we can have happiness in it. The Bible is very clear that every one of us have failed God. Romans 3.10 says that is, as it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. And Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Our sin is a problem for us because our God is a righteous God and a holy God. And he demands payment for that sin. And I'm so glad that that payment was made on the cross at Calvary. Jesus paid our sin debt for us. Without him, we are lost and headed to hell. We're facing the punishment of God for all of eternity. But that's not the end of the story. God placed the rescue plan in effect. And he sent his only son to die on the cross at Calvary. And Jesus, the perfect lamb of God, paid the price in full so that we could have eternal life. He took our place. He bore our sins on his shoulder. He took our punishment. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4, the Apostle Paul said, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scripture, and that he was buried, then he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. Because Jesus died for our sins, he offers to you and me a wonderful alternative for eternal punishment, and that is eternal life with him in heaven. He said in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life. Eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Being saved is a gift. We receive it by faith. Ephesians 2.8 and 9 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. When we receive the free gift of eternal life, we also receive with it, with it the gift of joy. We get God's joy. That joy comes from knowing that our sins are forgiven and knowing that we're on our way to heaven and we're going to be with the Lord for eternity. If you've not received that gift of salvation, I urge you to open your heart to Him and trust Him as your Lord and Savior. 1 Peter 1 verses 8 and 9 says, Whom having not seen, ye love. In whom though now ye see Him not, Yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Peter writes that he has not seen the Lord yet, but he loves him. 
They realized what a great price Jesus has paid in sending His own Son to die on the cross for our sins. And their love for Jesus, which was a result of believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, produced in them an indescribable joy that the Bible says is unspeakable and full of glory. The word glory there means to render highest praise. You see, when we joy in the Lord and glory in the Lord, it results in our giving praise to God. Well, it's a wonderful thing when we sing in our services. We get to render praise to the Lord. We get to give the highest praise to God. I know all of us don't have a great voice, but all of us can make a joyful noise. And as we sing as a congregation, you and I have the privilege of offering a sacrifice of praise to the Lord. And I believe God is pleased with that. How high is your joy level because of your salvation? Are you glad you're saved? Amen. Amen. Are you glad you're on your way to heaven? Amen. Does that produce joy in your life? Are there times of worship when we meet together on Sunday morning that you can say, I have joy unspeakable and full of glory? If you do not have joy unspeakable and full of glory, then you ought to ask yourself two questions. Number one, am I saved? Have I truly trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior? For if we're really saved, we do have that joy, 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 joy down in our hearts. Am I saved? Have I truly trusted, trusted Christ as my Savior? Second question, am I doing something to hinder my joy that may be a sin or just plain neglect of time with the Lord because of busyness? Is there some sin in my life that has robbed me of my joy? David said in Psalm 66, 18, he said, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And if that fellowship with our God is broken, the joy is gone. David said in Psalm 51, he said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. There are times as Christians when we have to confess our failures and make things right with the Lord and say, God, I want that joy back. I want that joy unspeakable and full of glory. I want to have it in my life once again. So do I know the joy of salvation? Secondly, do I know the joy of the Savior? Do you know the joy of the Savior? John 15, 11, in our, in our text passage there, if you look back over at verse number 11, it says, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Our Savior loves us so much that He wants our joy to be permanent. He says in that verse that your joy might remain in you, that my joy might remain in you, and your joy might be full. He wants His joy to remain. He wants us to have permanent joy because we are saved and because we are a child of God. Even though tough times come, He gives us joy. He rescues us. He cares for us. Your Savior wants your joy to be full. When something is full, it is complete. It is filled up. There's not room for anything else. We expect our human love to be permanent when we have intimate friendship and relationship and fellowship with the person that we, learn, we love. And the same thing is true with God. The more we love Him, the more we learn of Him, the more we grow in Him, the more that love that we have is permanent. It becomes an intimate, frequent fellowship with Him. And our joy is full and our joy remains. What did Jesus say to the disciples 
that would allow them to have the joy of Jesus. He told them that they were to have intimate, frequent fellowship with the one that they love, the Lord Jesus Christ. Look back at John chapter 15 again and look at verses 4 and 5. John chapter 15 and verse 4, Jesus said, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot have fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. Abide in me. My words abide in you. God wants us to spend time with him. Spend time in his words. Spend time in prayer. Just spending time with the Lord. Meditate on his word when you're not reading it. We talk about the verses that we encourage you to memorize in the morning and meditate in the evening as you go to sleep at nighttime. Talk to the Lord Jesus Christ like you would an old friend. Just like you're talking to your best friend. And by the way, he ought to be your best friend. Talk with him that way. After all, the Bible says that Jesus is the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He's the best friend we could ever have. He is spending the day with you as you spend time with him. Do I have the joy of the Savior? Do you have joy spending time with him? And then thirdly, do I know the joy of the Spirit? Do I know the joy of the Spirit? If you're truly born again, the Spirit of God lives within you. When you got saved, God's Holy Spirit came to live inside of you. He indwells in you. You are aware of His presence in your life. You should feel His presence and feel the effects of His presence. If you have no cognizance of the presence of the Holy Spirit, you ought to be concerned. And by the way, we sense one of the ways we sense His presence is when we disobey and sin, He convicts us. And we know that the fellowship is broken. Something's not right. Romans chapter 8 and verse 9 says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man hath not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And by the way, that's one of the reasons why we know when a person gets saved, they receive the Holy Spirit of God. Had a lady one time ask me, I was going on visitation, going door to door, and she answered the door. We talked for a few months, and she said, have you received the Holy Spirit? And I said, yes, ma'am, I received the Holy Spirit when I got saved. She said, well, did you get all of him? Huh. Well, I don't think God divided up the Spirit and gave me a part of it and kept back. The problem isn't, do I have all the Holy Spirit? The problem is, does the Holy Spirit have all of me? And this verse in, in Romans 8 and verse 9 says, If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. In other words, God says, If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not one of my kids. You're not one of my children. Why does he say that? Because the moment we get saved, his Holy Spirit moves in to live within us. And if the Holy Spirit is in us, we should allow him to control us. And one of the ways we allow him to control us is by confessing our sin to him when we disobey and make things right with him. We yield to God and we ask him to fill us. In Ephesians 5.18 it says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Galatians 5.16, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So what happens when we are controlled by the indwelling Holy Spirit of God? We have joy. He gives us joy. Acts chapter 13, verse 52, And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. In Galatians 5.22, But the fruit of the Spirit, that's the Spirit living in with me, inside of me, what is the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is love. What's the second? Joy. 
joy. It's joy. When I'm filled with the Holy Spirit of God, there's joy in my heart and joy in my life. Do people see you as a joyful person? Or do they think, well, I don't want to be around that old grump. <laughs> we ought to be a joy to be around. There's some people you just like to be around, don't you? Because of their joy and their happiness. Do I know the joy of the Spirit? And then fourthly, do I know the joy of submission? Do I know the joy of submission? In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29 and 30, Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that labor, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. When we know the joy of submission, of yielding to God and doing whatever it is that he wants us to do, God says his yoke is easy, his burden is light. Well, I talked to some people, I remember years ago, I worked third shift for American National Bank in Chattanooga, I was in data processing there. And there were some, some guys there who were not saved. We had the privilege of witnessing to some of them. My boss got saved later on. It was actually after I had moved away. I went back to visit and he shared his testimony how he'd gotten saved. But there were some guys there that weren't saved. And they would come Monday morning or Monday night when we came to work. Actually, for one year I had to go in after church on Sunday nights and then the other, it was on Saturday nights. But we'd come into work and they'd talk about their partying and drinking and talk about their headaches and their overhang, their hangovers and all that sort of thing. And I thought, you know what? It's sure a lot easier to get up on Sunday morning and not have an, a hangover and go to church and enjoy the presence of the Lord and the joy of God's people. God says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. When we submit to the Lord, when we surrender to Him, it brings joy. Have you ever noticed that... Nobody is happy when somebody is stubborn. Amen? Got any stubborn kids in your family? Were you a stubborn kid? Well, don't go there. When your child is stubborn, neither you or the child are happy. When your mate is stubborn, neither one of you are happy. When your boss or your employees are stubborn, neither of you are happy. When we are stubborn... God is not happy with us. He's not pleased with our actions and will not fill us with his joy. The joy of submission is not being stubborn. It's yielding to God. We're unhappy because we lack God's joy when we're stubborn. And the solution to that problem is simple. Quit being stubborn. <laughs> Start doing what God wants you to do. When you lack rest, come to Jesus for rest. When we lack rest, we take the same yoke that Jesus wore for his own. A yoke that was placed around the oxen was placed there to control them. And Jesus says, I want you to take my yoke. I want you to let me control you. I want you to submit to me and follow me. The yoke that Jesus wore was a, a yoke of obedience to his heavenly Father. John 4 and verse 34, Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. And notice that Jesus' yoke is easy. And his burden is light. There's no better way to find God's joy than to learn from Jesus how to obey. In John 13 verse 17, the Bible says, If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. 
It's one thing to know them. It's another thing to submit and do them. And God says that's when you have happiness. When our souls are at rest, because we are in submission to God and to His will, we're saying yes to Him, to whatever He wants us to do, then we will have joy in our lives. And then do I know the joy of supplication? Do I know the joy of supplication? John 16 verse 24 says, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. We have joy when we ask of the Lord. When our prayers are answered, God is glorified through the Lord Jesus. God wants to answer our prayers. And so he says to us, we're to pray. He said, Jesus said to the disciples, before now, you've not asked anything in my name, but now he was getting ready to leave and go back to heaven. He said, ask in my name. Whatsoever you ask, he said, I will do it. We ask in his name. And then when our prayers are answered, it brings joy. Isn't it wonderful when you pray about something? Sometimes you pray hard, sometimes long, sometimes long period of time, years maybe about something. But what a joy it brings when God answers that prayer. Amen? And he does it. There are other times when you pray about something and nobody else knows about it. And God answers prayer and boy, you feel joy because you say, God answered my prayer. He heard me and he answered my prayer. Jesus said back in our text, chapter 15 of John and verse 7, he said, if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. In the next verse, or on down in verse 11, he says, these things have I written unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Now remember, when we ask in his name, that means we're asking things that will be appropriate to apply his name to. You understand there's some things that you don't want your name put to, right? Some people may do something. Maybe your kids might do something. Maybe a family member and you say, I don't want my name associated with that. I think sometimes there are things that we pray and God says, I don't want my name associated with that. When we pray in his name, it means that we understand the will of God and what God wants and we're praying in accordance with his will. And he hears and answers our prayer. And then next, do I know the joy of sharing? Do I know the joy of sharing? 1 Thessalonians 2, 19 and 20 says, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. What was Paul talking about there? He was talking about sharing our faith with others. The joy of sharing is sharing our faith with others. Paul was looking forward to the day when he would stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he would stand before the Lord, he realized that those that he had ministered to, and those that he had won to Christ, and those that he had discipled, he said, you are my joy. What a thrill it would be for the Apostle Paul to present those people to the Lord Jesus Christ that he had led to Christ. And I think when we get to heaven, one of the joys of heaven will be there's other people there that we have brought to Christ. We have led to Christ. There'll be people there that maybe we didn't lead them to Christ, but we help to disciple them and teach them and help them to grow and mentor. And we'll have the privilege of doing what the Apostle Paul says, of saying, are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming, our joy. For ye are our glory and our joy. And then also, not only sharing our faith, and by the way, thank you for those of you who have been giving out tracts, and, and we took our count last Sunday night, 
And I appreciate the teens. A bunch of the teens made me birthday cards, and, and several of them put a gospel track in there. And uh, they were doing it kind of as a, as a fun thing to do, and that was fine. But you know what I thought of? They might be getting the point. We're supposed to give out tracks, right? So keep giving them out, young people, and putting them in those birthday cards that you send out. I doubt you send out many birthday cards, but you can give them to people around you. It never offends me when somebody gives me a track. It never offends me if somebody wants to share the gospel with me. The old story, the songwriter said, I love to tell the story of Jesus and his love. Don't ever get tired of hearing the gospel story. Don't ever get tired of hearing it over and over and over again. It's the greatest story in all the world that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Sharing our faith. And then also sharing by giving of our resources to the Lord's work and to those in need. Giving of our resources to the Lord's work and those in need. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, it says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a what? cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. If we sow sparingly, if we give sparingly, God says that's the way we're going to reap. If we do more to invest in the Lord's work, the Bible says more will be invested in us. Matthew 6, 19 and 20 says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. 2 Corinthians 9, 7, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. And then do I know the joy of God's strength? Do I know the joy of God's strength? Nehemiah 8 and verse 10, we end up where we began. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. If we're going to be strong in this life, it will be because the joy of the Lord gives us strength. It'll be because we've learned to rely on Him. We've learned to do those things that bring joy to Him. And it will bring joy to us as well. Richard Stearns, who is the president, was the president of World Vision, told about a visit he made to a church in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, nearly a year after a devastating earthquake had come there. The church building consisted of a tent that was made of white tarps and duct tape, pitched in the midst of a sprawling camp of thousands of people who were still homeless from the earthquake. This is how he described the church and the lesson he learned in Haiti. He said, in the front row sat six amputees ranging from the ages six to sixty. They were clapping and smiling as they sang song after song and lifted their prayers to God. The worship was full of hope and thanksgiving to the Lord. No one was singing louder or praying more fervently than Demasi, a 32-year-old, unemployed, single mother of two. During the earthquake, a collapsed building crushed her right arm and left leg. After four days, both limbs had to be amputated. She was leading the choir, standing on her prosthesis and lifting her one hand high in praise to God. He said, following the service, I met Demasi's two daughters, ages 8 
and ten. The three of them now live in a tent five feet tall and eight feet wide. Despite losing her job, losing her home, losing her two limbs, she is deeply grateful because God spared her life. He brought me back like Lazarus, she said, giving me the gift of life. And she said she believes she survived the devastating quake for two reasons. To raise her girls and to serve the Lord for a few more years. You see, that is joy that comes from the Lord. And it can be your joy too. In spite of the difficulties, in spite of the trials and the burdens and the struggles that we go through, we can still have the joy of the Lord. And it's the joy of the Lord that gives us our strength. So let me ask you in closing the same question I asked earlier. If you were brought into a court of law, being accused of being a Christian, would your Christian joy convict you? Would there be enough joy in your life for somebody to say, I know you're a Christian because of your joy. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the joy of the Lord. And thank you that joy is our strength. Thank you that we can know the joy of our salvation. We can know that we're saved. And the joy of our Savior, of spending frequent, intimate times in prayer and in the Word. Thank you that we know the joy of the Spirit. And we know the joy of submission, of doing what you want, surrendering to your will. We know the joy of supplication, of spending time in prayer and, and praying for others. The joy of sharing, sharing our faith and witnessing and sharing our finances with others and in, in your work. We know the joy of your strength in those trials, in those darkest hours. But we also know the joy in our everyday life. May we live in such a way that others would see the joy of the Lord in us and that they would want that joy. And we would bring glory to you by sharing the gospel and pointing them to the one who gives joy. Help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.